So, Cara, as, as we I tell everyone that as we're streaming to uh, to all the social media feeds, I've got a bank of lights um, to tell me which which ones are coming on first. So, so we have to waffle a bit, Mark, before we start properly, because as we wait for all the all the social media to, to come come in. Okay. Oh, and and we're, Carol, we're live. Carol, we're live to the world. Good. Hello. Hello, world. <laughs> Hello, hello everyone. My name is Max McGillivray from Beanstalk Global. Uh, absolute pleasure to be on with my esteemed colleague uh, from the AHDB, Mark Campbell, on one of our Talking Leaders series. And we're addressing this one. We titled this one, Think Differently with Carol Glover. Carol, why should we think differently? Go on, you take the lead. Why should we, why should we, take, why should we think differently? Because, right, when everybody else is doing the same thing, why would you want to do that? Why would you want to do the same as everyone else when the really clever place to be is where everyone else isn't? And actually, it wasn't me that said that. Um, I had my whole career in retail and any and the food industry knows retail well. And retail is one of the most dynamic environments you can work in. And every day you there are more things going wrong than right, it feels like in retail. Yeah. And so you get out and you fix them and you do whatever comes to you at the time. So having a skill to quickly problem solve, fix and whatever is a great thing to do. But I want to hark back to a great, great brain from retailing, Sam Walton, who founded Walmart. And he had 10 rules for success. And the one that I particularly like is swim upstream, go the other way, ignore conventional wisdom. So if Sam, and you know, you do know, yeah. I suppose, that he built the biggest bricks and mortar yep. retail business in the world from a corner shop in Bentonville, Arkansas. And he took great big shopping centers, shopping units to um, areas where there were only 10,000 homes. That was the absolute opposite of conventional wisdom. And it was unbelievable to anyone who was conventional. So there is tons of evidence, and we're going to get into it today, about why thinking differently is so important. And, and just to top a tail it, uh, Walmart moves 25% of all the shipping containers that are moving around the world right now are for Walmart, just to show the size of them. Mark, introduce us. AHDB and why we're here please. Brilliant thank you Max and good morning and yes here with uh, Carol and Max to deliver the 26th episode of Talking Leaders where we bring people from outside of UK agriculture into UK agriculture to try and learn from them and to try and get a bit of insights that we can apply back on farm and I'm really looking forward to today's conversation about thinking differently and developing mindsets and coaching and mentoring and everything in between. Excellent. So we're live from Sussex. We're live from Suffolk. Suffolk. Nearly forgot where I was. And we're, uh, more importantly, we're live with uh, Carol uh, on the uh, Isle of Man. So Carol, just for, especially for those uh, that are dialed in on the uh, on the podcast, and also for those on LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitter, and uh, and Facebook, just want to give a bit of a background um, to yourself. And, and actually, I'm just going to steal your your LinkedIn profile. Everyone, have a look at Carol's uh, LinkedIn profile because uh, she's got one of the best. Uh, summaries uh, that I think I've seen in a dynamic, fast, fast paced world, industry skill sets and roles face rapid extinction, especially those with more fixed structures, traditional cultures and inflexible thinking and leadership. Crikey, do I see that? Flexibility, adaptability, creativity, problem solving, personal productivity and communication skills drive the future of life and work. Authentic leadership entrepreneurial skills and thinking differently thrive in turbulence by seeing obstacles and challenging as opportunities, unlocking curiosity and intuition, valuing failure, valuing failure as a learning experience, how Carol unlocks potential, co-creates with senior and emerging leaders, teams, founders and boards to connect with their values, mindset, strengths and skills to generate limitless operations and possibilities for themselves and their teams harnesses uniqueness, authenticity and personal brand to create balance and alignment, becomes ultra decisive. Oh, we need that. And effective with resources, time and opportunities, builds higher level of grit and determination. And I love this, Carol, sees fun and playfulness as motivators, creates a strong learning and mastery culture about Carol. Carol is a ginger, punk inspired, maverick entrepreneur, disruptive leader, speaker and transformative coach and mentor from the Isle of Man, as we said earlier, who loves to dance. Uh, she has led CEO high-performing teams from three people to 2,000 plus in multiple sectors. She is an ILMN 7X coach and mentor, EMCC senior professional coach and L NLP practitioner, 
co-creates with leaders, foundations and boards to unleash confident, proactive, decisive, authentic leadership behaviours to achieve success and has worked with the likes of Amazon, Halfords, Boots, Lloyds Bank. And we need to talk about your podcast as well, Carol. So, Carol, was that was that a good a good summary um, for you as an individual? And, wh- and Carol, where did this all start? Where, where, how did your journey come about? Well, that was a good summary and I feel I can leave now. My work is done. Um, Thank you. It's been lovely. Um, Do you know what's really nice? And I'm going to, you know, I'm very honest and open. That's one of my big sort of strength areas is I'm going to spend the time between Christmas and New Year rewriting my LinkedIn profile. And I just sat there and thought, why are you doing that, Carol? That is exactly what it should be. So thank you for that, because you've helped me. You might have saved me a bit of work there. (laughs) <laughs> because I'm ultra decisive and I've just demonstrated how that looks. Um, where did it come from? I grew up in the Isle of Man, <clears throat> started work at 13 because um, that's what you did in my generation. And I talk about my generation, but I don't have a generation. I'm just a Carol and I live as Carol every day. But I had lots of jobs and um, wasn't so bright at school, did A-levels, got two rubbish A-levels, went to a poly, uh, changed my life, did a business degree at a poly. Um, worked in industry, got lots of job offers when I finished, went into retail. I went into retail when it was doing, if you can see, it was doing that, um, you know, sort of where tech has been in the last 20 years, re- retail was when I went in it. So I had a massively fast career. Um, when I was 25, I was running distribution of stock to all the stores in the north of England for Littlewood stores. Oh, yeah. Well, that's what 25 year olds do, apparently. Um, and then I got headhunted to Halfords and off I went there and I went into stock and distribution, which I knew, but I have a little bit of a story that is going to tell you about my, my moniker, the Maverick maker. Um, so I was running stock control and distribution, increased the stock turn, improved the cash flow unbelievably because I love to do hard things. My life is, I have a big growth mindset and I know that is something that we want to develop more in every sector of Brit- of, of the British and the world economy, especially established economies. Established economies have been very structured previously. We've had experts, we've had specialists, but the world is changing so fast that we we need to be able to adapt, be flexible, move over here quickly, do something different, make what looks like a strange decision and make it really work. These are things that have been intuitive to me for all of my career. So when you say where have they come from, they've come from me taking every flipping opportunity I could. So when I was 28, I was running stock control and distribution for the whole of Halfords in the UK, female, a female, and I know nothing about cars and nor do I wish to, um, because my skill is not knowing about, my skill is not knowing about what I do. It would be really difficult for me, for example, music and dancing, love it. If I'd worked in the music industry, I'd have been a disaster because (laughs) I would have put my own take onto everything. And what I've done in my career is accidentally avoided anything I was quite interested in because that's good because you can be very objective. And that's contrary advice, I think, to people quite often. So I was running stock control and distribution and the role of head of buying for Halfords came up. And that, um, you know, you you guys are all um, related and, and, and girls and everyone on this call If you're in a production environment in food, then ultimately it will end up in a retail or wholesale environment. And the buyers are king in the retail world. And I didn't want to be with the king and queen prima donna buyers. I wanted to be in the nice little world of stock control, distribution and making things happen and improving things. And the job came up and I didn't apply for it. And the chief exec of Halfords at the time and the the chairman of the parent company, Burma Castrol UK, came to see me one day and said, Carol, are you going to apply for the head of buying job? And I said, no, I'm not. And they said, why not? And I said, well, I've been doing this for like 18 months and there's so much more I want to do. But also, I'm not creative. This is a really important point for everyone listening. I am not creative. And they said, well, we think you are. And I said, well, take it from me. I'm not. And remember, these are like the big boss of the company and his even bigger boss. And they said, well, tell you what, if we can prove to you that you're creative, will you apply for the role? And I said, well, go on then. Yeah, what are you going to do? So I went for psychometric testing. Um, And I came back with a report that said, (laughs) Miss Roskams, which was my maiden name, is highly creative. And I thought, damn it. So I applied (laughs) for the job and I got the job. And most of the buyers, um, 
who were all men. All the buyers in Halfords were men at the time. You can't imagine that is not the case because mm. it was, you know, it, they were mostly car nerds. They knew it all backwards. So I didn't need to. And that's another really key point. A leader doesn't need to know what their people are doing. They need to get the best out of the people so they do it to the best of their abilities. That is a really fundamental belief of mine. Anyway, after six months, it was going really, really well. And we'd improved sales. We'd improved margin. We'd made the stock control for my old team much easier because I still had um, a lot of a foot in that camp. And the, the chairman of Burma Castrol UK came into my office and he said, so how are you getting on then, Carol? And I said, you know what? I'm doing all right. I mean, it was hard at first because I had a lot of people who wanted the job and they were men. And along comes in my latter days of new wave. Then I'd moved from punk into new wave, but was still very into Brilliant. my music, very into being Carol, turning up like, you know, Carol every day. They, so he said to me, um, how is it going? And I said, well, it's settled down and everyone's doing so much better. And we've got some really good things in the pipeline. And actually, I'm starting to really enjoy it and look forward to it. And as he walked out of the room, he looked over his shoulder and said, good, Carol, I'm pleased to see, to hear that. I've always loved a maverick. And as he went out of the door, I thought, why did he say that? What was that about? And one of the things I've learned in my life, especially when I got my own coach, one of the top coaches in, in L.A. in 2018, um, he said, you are a maverick. I told him the way I think I told him, because when you think a certain way, you think yep. everyone else thinks that way. Yes, well done. Yep. Yep. And they don't. And it's only understanding yourself and having people that you trust that you can share with and who want the best for you that yeah. you can actually find out what's buried inside you. So I've ended up being known for being highly creative. And yet at wow. 28, I didn't believe it. Wow. And so what happens to us in life, and this is important for people listening today, is we start out as an amazing piece of raw human material. And then we go through an upbringing, we go through schools, we may go through university, we go through work and peer pressure and whatever. And all of that puts things around mm -hmm. that massive ball of potential that we were so that we get shaped in different directions. But the reality is we're still all of those things. We need someone to help us see we have it, we've got it, we can be it. Yeah. And that's who I am today. Yeah. I mean, I've done my big my career in the world and my career in, in many things in the Isle of Man. I've been a chief exec in the public sector, been yeah. a chief exec in the private sector. I've run voluntary organizations and, and I've run IT and I've run commercial property companies because I'm mad on growth. And so if what what is the secret to Carol's success? She loves to learn and she loves to grow. And I know that that is on your wish list of the, yeah. the skills and traits needed to be a successful farm manager or leader in the future. So I now am on the education council for the Isle of Man. And yes, I'm involved in schools and our university college, but more importantly, I'm, I'm very involved in what I'm calling learning for life, which is where we know that people are going to have to learn new skills over the next 10 years because of all the tech changes going on and to work differently and they need to feel comfortable about doing it. They, they don't want to feel inhibited. They don't yeah. want to feel like me saying, I'm not creative because that yeah. is probably the only time in my life I've demonstrated a fixed mindset. That's yeah. it. That's well, that 10 well, minutes. Okay. And, and that's why we need people like you, especially with the stagnant economy that we've got at the moment, that everyone wants to yeah. drive growth. And so we know, to, yeah, Carol, take this the right way. We sort of need to put you through the photocopy a couple of times and and, and, and have lo lots of, of you looking to drive things further forward. Question, when you were 28 and you were challenged to go for that buying role, were you over-promoted? No, the absolute opposite, actually. I started mm -hmm. to really believe in myself. Yep. Okay. So, yeah. the, so the so you know that Mark knows that everyone does. They could see that that's what you needed. That was a catalyst yeah. to take you to the next level. It's in getting business. in the growth zone, out of the yep. comfort zone. Because I remember what I said. I wanted to stay where I was. There was more I could do. It would be great. Or I could go to this foreign foreign place where I knew yep. nothing. And by the way, everyone who wanted the job, most of them hated me. Of that's course. a choice worth making, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know what? You know what's motivating in that scenario getting them to be a high performing team yeah which okay did. but but carol you are unique 
and we need more of you, as, as we were already intimated, in business, whether it be within agriculture and other sectors that, that I see, I'm sure Mark sees as well, over-promotion is quite often an, an issue that just because um, Jack or Michelle have been there 10 years, uh, they, they they get promoted to, to the next level up when actually the skill set might might be something um, some, something more, more relevant, but they get promoted into um into a, a role position and then that creates issues and then that, that slows yeah. the company down how, how do you get around that well funnily enough i read um the economist on the 28th of november had some amazing um um articles about management and leadership in 2023 and one of them was the company adeco that's done a piece of a big piece of work and they've now put together a leadership fast track and an expert fast track and they're actually now accepting, this is the first time I've read this, I'm sure it's happening in other places, they're accepting that just because you're very good at a thing doesn't mean you're a very good leader, but those people deserve to be rated and respected for the future. Um, yep. You see, when someone asks me what I am, I say I'm a leader. I've always been a leader. In fact, all I've ever been is a leader, apart from my very early career when I was very good at stock control and distribution. But since then, remember what I've been talking about? IT, uh-oh, um, <laughs> commercial property, um, buying, creating. I've been a marketing director. I've been an operational director. I've done so many things. I've been a public, a chief exec in the public sector. All of these, I've just gone, yes, please. Because maybe wow. what you've maybe helped me to see there. I mean, I went through the, my 20s doing this. Yep. And then I suddenly got, <laughs> excuse me, that big job that I didn't think I was ready for. But maybe it was all that took to say, go on, Carol, do something else big. Do something else different. Yes, do well something done. else. And the other thing that I've done in my career, which is very even more counterintuitive, is a couple of times I've taken pay cuts to go and do something I really wanted to wow. do. Okay. Um, and you know what? I've ended up earning more yep. because okay. I did it for my own reasons. Yep. But I didn't I didn't worry about the money. And that's another thing that we need to get more rem into our heads. We have to worry about the profitability of our businesses and our organizations and have that profit and entrepreneurial mindset yeah. that AHDB, you know, are yeah. working with people to cultivate. But for me personally, and I, I you know, I'm, I'm married and my husband worked. I met my husband at Halfords. Um, and yeah, yeah. And <laughs> in fact, he and I, in separate roles, developed um, Halfords, or own own brand of automotive accessories wow. and when we did it it was 10 million turnover and two years later it was 60 million turnover Blimey. so yeah that's it and our first date we were dancing to david bowie on the serious moonlight tour Yay! <laughs> so, 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 so carol there's a mark and i've uh, talked about it before there's a i've got to find it there's a great um uh, stat a picture from Cranfield University showing that those companies that invest in their people that invest in uh, training development of their people they see uh, higher profitability higher turnover and uh, better retention um, and a lot of that is all about uh, leadership um, key attributes of a successful leader as far as I'm aware the universities I'm involved in they don't they don't have a designated um, element about about leadership but especially within the farming community it can be quite isolating um, and, and especially with the seasonality, it's, it's so difficult to. There's uh, another buzzword that Mark and I've, I've always used with, with Mark that um, um, the better leaders spend 25% of their time just thinking uh, during the working week. But it's so difficult to do that in yeah. your sector. What, what, what's your advice as to how we can make successful leaders, either for ourselves or the teams that we're de developing? Yeah. Uh, because the, uh, I, I, I might be um, playing to the audience here, but um, it could be the likes of a uh, having having a designated coach, what what would your answer be, please, for our community? Um, I think that I I was very lucky um, in ooh, November, early November, <clears throat> to speak at the ABP She Conference, and so some of you may know the ABP She organization, and they managed to get a keynote speaker who was someone I've admired all of my life um, in work, and that's Alan Layton who oh, um, wow. yeah he was he was he somehow was on I was the warm-up act for him it's like my claim to fame I was the warm-up act for Alan Layton and yeah. I sat and had a chat with him and they were make the, the girls at ABP she were making fun of me because I was like starstruck and he had a post-it with his notes on it and they handed it to me as my souvenir at the end wow but, <clears throat> and he knows leadership he knows leadership so 
alongside the really, firstly, the growth mindset. You know, if I can do one thing in my days on this planet, it's to help people appreciate the need to change, to get through setbacks, to love to learn, right? Love to learn, everybody, love to learn. In doing that, you build resilience. Every falling flat on my face that I've had, and I can imagine you can see that I'm a falling flat on my face sort of person. <laughs> I get up laughing and go, how did that happen? What the, did I get wrong? What are we going to do about it? And my, my teams are usually looking at me thinking, oh God, she's at it again. We better sort this out. Um, the most important thing is, yes, there's resilience. Yes, there's there to be <clears throat> not ahead of the team. I always see that my role in the team is like, um, I'm very old, so Franz Beckenbauer, and I'm sure we've had other players in <laughs> British football since, but my dad was a big football person and Germany were good. And Franz Beckenbauer was at the back, making sure that everyone else was doing what they needed to do. And that's how I've sort of seen my role, because my role is to, as a leader, you don't have to do very much. And that's a mistake people make. The worst thing you can be as a leader is a micromanager of people. Yep. Worst thing. So people, think about yourself. When you go to work, you want to know what you're meant to do. So make sure everyone knows what they're meant to do. When they get a problem, who do they relate to? Who are the people that can be around them and can, can help them and sort them? So a lot of it is quite administrative, is getting people to know why they're there, what they can do, what they can't do, and where they would, and then yeah. you begin a dialogue with them and you have a dialogue ongoing. And where do you want to get to one day? You don't sit formally down and go, where do you want to get to? I've spent a lot of my career being out on the shop floor, being out in the shops, um, being going around, walking, walking the floor, talking to people. And you learn about them and you people are people and they deserve to be treated as people. They're not um, they're not a commodity at work. They are the difference. Anyway, Alan Layton, I'm going to get back to Alan Layton because he said three things. Leadership in the, in, in the 2020s, 2023, he said, we need leaders who are vulnerable, kind, and humble. Now, when have you ever heard those three on a, li on a list? Mm. There, it's a list I'm aware of, but he said that. And of course, what we know in that respect is that those are particular skills. The two of them are particular skills of women versus men. Vulnerability <clears throat> is a very hard thing to embrace. I am a very, I didn't know I was a very vulnerable person. I just thought I was Carol. In being Carol, I'm very vulnerable because people don't get me. But that's okay. You know, the people who need to get me, get me. The people who don't get me, there'll be someone else for them. You know, the world is big yeah. and there will be their person. But this is about being who you are, being honest about your failings, and encouraging people to come with you, even though they may not always totally get you, and also celebrating them, everything they do. My job is to create an environment where everyone who works for me can succeed and improve. And something you just said, a great leader and I once had a chat about leadership, and the pair of us agreed that we would know that when we'd made it as a leader, because we were sitting at our desk with our feet on the table, looking out the window and just getting inspiration for what we were going to do next. Yeah, brilliant. So that brilliant. is what that is when you've nailed it as a leader. Yeah, yeah. I think there's some really interesting points there, Carol. And um, if we think about UK farmers and, and agriculturalists, I think generally most people do have a fairly open growth mindset. Good. And they're very adaptable and they're 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 fairly innovative because the nature of of the yeah. beast of the, of the industry that we work in. I think where the challenges come, uh, and this is just what Mark Campbell thinks and, and definitely um, not definitive, but I think sometimes farming businesses don't share that vision and, and where they're wanting to take the business with the wider team and the wider wider people. Some of the best businesses I know and, and work with, and I can see Karen Holton's on, they've got a very clear mission and vision statement that they, mm. that they hang their hat on mm. and oh, it's very much shared within the business. Uh, around developing, um, I don't know, off by heart, but it's around ensuring cows are happy and healthy, uh, and that everyone around them is happy, yeah. happy and healthy. Yeah. And I think the other, the other challenge is is the change piece. Yeah. Within agriculture, we potentially have generations that have done things that way, and it's very, very difficult to 
to break that kind of cycle of actually doing something slightly different, even though we're fairly innovative and adaptable to weather and market prices and volatility and all that kind of stuff. Okay. Guys, can I just jump in? Alan Layton, if you're not uh, aware, he, he is a, a supermarket guru who was uh, one of the first guys to get into ASDA and sort out ASDA and, and grow it rapidly uh, to, to the successful sale of, of Walmart. Um, Carol, do you remember when um, he got involved with the post office? Yeah. Um, and uh, he came in as, as chairman of the post office. And and th this is just modern day business. The Royal Mail is one of the most iconic. Um, oh, uh, he told this story. He told this story. One of the most yeah. iconic business. I'll, I'll probably murder the story. Royal is one of the most iconic business mm. uh, brands um whoever within the royal mail decided it need to be renamed and so they spent three quarters of a million with a with a branding agency who came up with this name of consignia and all the um, was it insignia no no it was consignia and so he started the first thing he did or in a very short period of time and said no this is swear word we're not having any of this push yeah. that away yeah like, why would just and that's that's sometimes why you need an individual like like that to stop yeah. um uh yeah. things get get out of control. Just 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 coming come back to this leadership element of it. I just want to give you lean on you, Karen, yeah. to see because you will have seen this multiple times. When when I was um doing my uh, pre college year, uh, was on a large farm actually very, very near um near Mark, and there was a a, a, a farm there was a. Uh, a head tractor driver who'd been there for 30 odd years and he ruled the roost a new farm manager came in and within two weeks the uh this farm um uh head, head tractor driver had, had created dominance and this farm manager just couldn't do anything with him he got to the point of being scared of him mm. and, and left that role within mm. 18 months he just couldn't create um that empathy um mm. I, I, sometimes i don't like the word re respect and in, in, in tears of management but, but how I'm sure you've got examples of where you you can see the future, and if you don't, if we don't change, we're going to turn into blockbusters, a la uh, Netflix. But you're always going to have these incultured uh, people that don't want to come with you in the journey. Mm. As a, as a leader, how do you bring your team with you? Um, the absolute best thing that can happen as a leader is to convert someone like that to oh, well getting <laughs> in the program with everyone else, yeah. and I mean that. You see, for me. I'm very motivated by challenge. So if I, and I have had that scenario and remember I ran IT where there are some um, neurodiverse people working in IT and it, they're very, very difficult to, and sometimes, you know, you get very technical people who are the same and they're very difficult to relate to. However, the key thing with anybody as a leader is they need to know what their role is, what they are responsible for, and you have to set boundaries around them, whether you like it or not. And yeah. for me personally, I have been in that situation. And whilst you flinch internally, you have to keep going and you yep. have to say, this is happening well for everybody. I'm doing it for everyone. I don't just do one person's. This is what you do and how you do it. And then I get the team together and I say, right, team, let's talk about where we're all standing. Is there anything anyone wants to say about it? And that person will generally, they will, they'll do two things. One is they will either say nothing or two is they'll try and disrupt the meeting. And what you have to do in the context of the team is show that the will of the team is more powerful than the dissenting voice. Mm -hmm. However, as the leader sitting down with the dissenting voice and trying to turn them round. And the main thing about people who are difficult and dissenting is you don't know where it's coming from. And it'll be coming from probably a place of fear. Yeah, so you well need to work out the fear. So yeah. they are they have got pain and they are showing pain. But what is the underlying problem? Yeah. Are they scared of change? Are they someone who just can't see themselves working in a new way or whatever? And getting them some specific help works. And that is where a good mentor can come in. And I would be saying to pick a mentor from someone else in that scenario because you need this person to be brutally honest about why they're the way they are. Now, what can happen in these scenarios is that they agree to go by mutual agreement because they realize that they yeah. are not going to change in the way that you want them to. But giving them every opportunity to change is important, but equally important. And this is, I think, the one thing I want everyone to remember is the rest of the team and the rest of the team's performance is vital. And so having any toxicity and any undermining of a leader should not be tolerated.
Yeah. But obviously no. there are processes to go through. But I think you can get to a an amicable resolution. But at the same time, and this has happened in my career, when I ran um, the property company, I had a lot of, of um, time served trade tradespeople working for me. And the first thing the foreman said was, we've never worked for a woman. And I'm oh, like, no. well, that's, I said, well, that's okay. Cause my dad was a plumber. What would you like to know about plumbing? Um, and off we went. Um, but they were very, were quite intransigent. But then again, then again, every person has a unique contribution to make. So sometimes when there were really difficult situations that needed a quick resolution, um, like the roof blew off a store, for example, that could be one of them. Some of these people have the most brilliant ideas. So there has got to be an element. And that's another thing I would say about the role profiles. If I gave someone a role profile ever and they really didn't like it and didn't want it. I allowed them to change it by negotiation so that Excellent. they could do more of what yeah. they liked, more of what they were good at and less of what they didn't. Because you are leading a team. You mm. are not leading. You are leading. Right, you are building a relationship with each person at a time. Yeah. And it's vital. Now, what I want everyone to understand on this this call is that I can never lead from a position of knowing anyone else's job. And when I coach leaders, one of the hardest things for leaders moving through the ranks to let go of is the job knowledge and the role knowledge. But make sure that you're employing the best people you can. You don't need any knowledge. You're like the conductor of the orchestra. You don't play any of the instruments. Everyone else plays the instruments. Yeah. But you bring them together in harmony and you get a magnificent job. And they make start to innovate and they start to make continuous improvement. And you just create a better and better and better mm -hmm. environment for them to do it. Yeah, Carol, well, well done it. I, I wish that young farm manager had met someone like yourself because it broke them. Um, and, and actually just having some external assistance to um, manipulate, too strong a word, uh, to, to guide that individual, to get them on board. Um, it, it could have been a fantastic relationship because of all that that um, information. The knowledge, the knowledge, knowledge that, that individual. It is wisdom. We need yeah. to think about the wisdom word, word actually. Because, you know, I am um, my husband's favorite movie series is Back to the Future. And the amount of times <laughs> that I think of the phrase Back to the Future, you know, we're going organic, you know, the way we used to grow things in the Second World War, i.e. Yeah. sort of thing. And we're going backwards. And there are people around who know all that stuff and who know everything that's natural and who know how we can do things in a non-modern way that is great. So it's getting the blend of the super modern, the super efficient, the super tech, but yeah. also the wisdom, because wisdom dies in people's heads. This is the trouble with wisdom. Yeah, yeah. And and also, with, with, uh, Mark, don't you think we're, we're in such an interesting state because we've got so many tools, let alone the likes of the internet in comparison yeah. where we're all but uh, young young puppies out there in the agricultural world. We've got so many tools and, and this this learning experience that we could learn from the likes of Carol to stick that, to impact that into into the farming environment for it to be more benefit. There's so, so much uh, there to be had to be got at, Mark, but I suppose we just need that courage to go for it. Yeah, no, definitely. I think you're right. There's there's a plethora of stuff um, out in, in the World Wide Web, whether it's on our website, whether it's anything anything else to get in contact with. And I think just drawing back, Carol, I'm a great believer in coaching and mentoring. I think it's mm. definitely the future. Mm. But the point that Max just made there, how would you encourage a farmer, a small family business to try and start that journey or even find somebody to offer some menteeship or something to to some of the members of their team. I've now got I've got a person I've got a mentor both mm. businessly and personally, mm. and it's it's pushed me forward in terms of what I need to do well, massively. And and, and Carol, Carol, just to inter, inter, interject, we're talking about this the other day. The farming community, one third of all farms, don't have any succession policy in yeah. terms of even wills written. Um, and it, it would, it's yeah. just an oddity of a sector because they've got that whole blurring yeah. of social and business and it's all all makes us want. So, so back, back to Mark, but just to give you even that more, a bit bigger context, that it's, it's such a, an interesting uh, but com complex area. Er, help us, help us, Carol. Well, I, I mean, I think you're absolutely right. And it's quite interesting because I know you both know Amy Hughes and I did Amy Hughes and I did her podcast recently and it was the UK and Canada. And one of the things that I absolutely encourage was more collaboration online, particularly from younger people in the industry who are more usually more familiar and happy with the tech. 
there's I, I mean I um, studied I studied with one of the world's greatest coach trainers in 2018 and 2019 and he was in Los Angeles and I was in Douglas Isle of Man wow. and other people on my program were in America were in Germany um were in uh, the Middle East and we became mates all of us um, a year ago, I studied an advanced positive psychology coaching course with the two greatest, two of the greatest thinkers on the subject in the world. And all the other people were in America. Um, and I'm not even in, in Britain. I'm in the Isle of Man because it's more about curiosity. Right. This is one of my my top tips. Right. If there's three, I'm going to give you three things to remember on this on this live today. And one of them is the word curiosity. I wonder how you do that. I wonder who can help me. Now, I have a very small business. Uh, I, I do. This is it. You're seeing it. Here's my business. Um, <laughs> and I do work. And, and one of the things I've done a lot of this year, which has been very clever, you know, I got, I've got to meet a lot of you through Meet Business Women um, and the, the fabulous oh, Laura Ryan. And yeah. she has um, she has realized that getting people together to collaborate both online and in person is a really important thing. Networking um, and having connections is incredibly important. Um, and so I'm going to tell you if you, I, I, I had some people to see me this week um, because the company that I worked for for a long time, a family supermarket chain, has just been sold to Tesco, um, which is, you know, is sad for the Isle of Man, but it's an inevitability of the succession planning thing that you've just mentioned, Max. And that's what's happened to the company that I worked for as a director of for a long time. And they're coming to see me about their future and what to do next. And the number one thing I say to them is use your network. Now, my um, my own three top skills, because those professors I worked with last year, one of them developed the single best strengths test um, that you can do. And my top three strengths so that people know, in spite of everything that I do, are <laughs> change maker. So that's handy because you wanted me to talk about change. That is my number one skill, change maker. I don't necessarily deliver the change, but I create the environment, the will and the mindsets to, to get the change into place. The next one is I'm an enabler. And so I enable things. I don't do them because everyone else is always better than me. And the third one is as a connector. And I would say from where I sit, Things are moving so fast. And also, you've got to have trusted people that you can talk to. Um, that is where I would like to see more change in your expert industry and a lot of other expert industries. You know, I thought when I started my coaching business, I was going to coach entrepreneurs and small business owners. I've actually ended up as my hobby mentoring youngsters who found their own businesses. Wow. So that yeah. keeps my foot into what's happening in those small businesses. But who I've actually coached is um, lawyers, accountants, bankers, financial regulators, experts and specialists who realize that they need to change. They need to work differently. They know that AI has been coming and is now here and doing whatever it's doing. And therefore, they need to work differently and they more yeah. importantly need to think differently. Yeah. It's um, uh, years ago. I went on the uh, a, a Cranfield course. That's probably where I got that uh, that that uh, growth sheet I was, I was talking about. And the the Cranfield um, uh, lecturer at the end of it said, "I don't want to tell you this at the beginning, but the thing that you find with Cranfield or any other course yeah. is that it's you, you think you're going to come here and you think it's going to be 100 about the course. It's going to be 50 percent about the course and 50 percent about the networking. When you go to the bar, as you already know, everyone's got the same problems. Mm -hmm. It might be that Jackie Michelle is six months advance of you of the solution to that problem. Yeah. So yeah. network. You've got this amazing uh, cohort of people that you now know. Go off and be fantastic and network. And I'm, I'm still in contact with some of those people 10 years down the line. So, so Mark, just as, as a really good segue as to the Agri Leader Forum. Sorry, Carol, we're going to do a bit of a, a really nice um, a, a, yeah. advertising here. Um, Mark, just tell everyone about the Agri Leader Forum if you think it's appropriate, because I think that mm. networking element and learning Literally. from some of the keynote speakers go go mark go yeah no and i think just drawing on that point about curiosity and um, i personally believe the world well, the world is built around relationships personally and business wise and, and is and that enabling that kind of network um is massively important and it, it does segue nicely into the agri-leader forum 30th and 31st of, of of january where um the the title this year thanks to actually amy hughes she was the, the title winner um of, of farming your network playing the field there's the little sign if anyone wants oh, to come nice. along oh, excellent. Yeah. please um Get carol he just drew that 
Yeah. yeah, just drew that. Here's one um, I did a little earlier. Blue pizza. <laughs> it's a two-day event or 24-hour event, lunchtime to lunchtime, where this year we're going to delve into the importance of people and relationships and um, and, and try and yeah, find out how we can push a business forward by better fostering and cultivating relationships. We've got a clinical psychologist opening the forum. We've got um, a change consultant closing the forum uh, and then a panel session with some farmers laura ryan's also on that panel um, mm. as we push forward so yeah any anyone wants to come along either drop me a call uh, look on our website um and i can give you some information so, uh, Cara, i've just had a question on, on whatsapp how yeah. do you create how do you create a plan uh, so i know this individual re relatively well that he so he, he gets the guidance that you give you've been given yeah. but it's a bit like here we come uh what, what, what are we, when are we broadcasting now 19th of december everyone's starting to think of new year's resolutions mm. should we be writing can, carol can i just give you my worst example of a new year's resolution there's the, there's a, a couple i used to know that that used to be in, in retail and they were so driven that every new year's day they they made this um uh, mind plan mind plan um of what they were going to achieve that week that month that that yeah. year and they stick it on their fridge and they looked at it every morning and they were so driven yeah. and they 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 looked at it and they looked because they wanted to excel they wanted to become the ceo of this and the cto mm. anyway within six months they ended up getting divorced yeah not <laughs> on, surprised on, on, on the back of it but, but a serious question with so if we've got our community who understand that yeah, yeah. they've got to adopt leadership uh they've yeah. got to learn they've got to go to like yeah. the leader forum but but plan business plan mission statements and um, what what would your advice be as to how we can have this is it it's a bit like singapore oh god where's max going with this one singapore apparently has a 15-year plan um mm. and everyone sticks to it so everyone knows mm. where where this golden thread is as to mm. infrastructure and um, yeah singapore and, and is a very well-run country and can do that i'm not sure any of anything that any of us are involved with with our governments are in the same position and um, but what i'd also say is 15 years well you know good you know if they're that it, that's great but we're in this, you know, the, the VUCA, V-U-C-A, volatile, uncertain, complex and ambiguous world. Making a long term plan, I think, is quite a bad idea. But obviously for infrastructure and whatever, yes, you do. And I'm very glad I don't work in that area because it wouldn't suit my skill set, which is pow, pow, pow. I want to make it happen. I want to do stuff. So that's me. How do you make a plan? Um, the first thing that I would like people to have a little think about is do we know what good looks like? Because the biggest help to making a plan is knowing where you're headed. And that's what good looks like. Now, a lot of I've done a lot of um, sessions this year where I've called it the North Star. And in fact, if you follow me on LinkedIn, I'm doing a post about it this this week um, for a reason that will become obvious if you see the post. <laughs> but the North Star, that big, bright star. And, and do you see what I'm doing? I can't not do this because my North Star right. is up there out in the future. And I've got one. I've got one for next year and it's coming together nicely. And yet mm. a month ago, it wasn't even in my head and it's ridiculous. So that's even better. Um, but I've got one. And so the first thing is, if you want to make something happen, and I'm going to give you a good example of this. If any of you watched the Strictly Come Dancing final the other night, um, there's a guy called Bobby who didn't win, but he's improved amazingly, and he was in the final three. And his show dance was to a medley from the movie La La Land about Los Angeles. And they explained afterwards his North Star ambition is to work in Hollywood. So uh... he said what his ambition is, he shared it with the universe, which is another really important thing. And when I say the universe, it's anyone's universe, because on any day, someone in your universe can help you with that thing yeah. you want to do. And the yeah. more people you share it with, the bigger the chance you are of getting a, 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 good, a good go at this. Now, in terms of making a plan, um, What's the goal? And I don't, I'm not a goal person. This is, my career has been very successful because I don't do goals. Because anyone else who sets me a goal, I don't own it. I don't respect it. I, I took over running um, a, um, a shopping centre about six years ago for the, I worked for a great entrepreneur. I'm very lucky, by the way. I have worked for great entrepreneurs and therefore I'm entrepreneurial. So I behave like an entrepreneur, but they take my risk, the financial risk for me. <laughs> so they're very brave people, the people I've worked for, but then I'm pretty brave as well. Um, so I took over this shopping centre and it was half empty. And I said to the boss, um, 
right. He said, what do you think you can do with it? And I said, okay, it's April now. I'll fill it by a year in December. And he started laughing. And the chief executive of his company started laughing. And I said, why are you laughing? And they said, well, good luck. Good luck. Giggle, giggle. So I went away and I looked at the shopping centre and I got hold of some young people I'd never met before who'd moved back to the Isle of Man in the property area and said, well, what's happening in the UK? How is it working? What's the best way to do it? And we came up with with a plan and we targeted things that no one has ever put in a shopping centre in the Isle of Man before. So what's one of the big growth areas of life? Medical, isn't it? It's everything to do with medical that's not in the NHS. And, you know, we got 10 tenants from medical businesses just like that, because we had people wanting private facilities. We got a private X-ray facility. We got a pain relief clinic. We got a physiotherapist. Um, We got um, people doing the the face stuff that obviously I haven't had done, but all the face stuff. Vermont has, yeah. Um, And so basically that's that's what happened. So we we focused instead of it being a shopping centre and it was a secondary, it was in a small, a smaller place. And and there were 48 shops in it as well and offices. And then we we took in, we got we got Pizza Hut in there. And so that completely changed. Sorry, Domino's, I've sworn Domino's. (laughs) But um, we started to do this and it massively. And you asked me about things that I'd done that were counterintuitive. That's a good example. Guess what? We filled it by the previous summer. And I sort of smirked in to see the man who owned the company and the, I didn't smirk because by then I was like, shit, that was too easy. I should have gone for something harder. Um, and that's that's how my mind is. And that's another tip for people. When you set yourself that North Star, make it big and huge, you know, um, and yeah. make it make it not playing for England at a sport, but but scoring the winning whatever. Yeah, Don't brilliant. make it playing, make it scoring. Um, yeah. I know someone in the Isle of Man whose ambition was to play in the Premiership and they went through everything and they got to play for Manchester City. Huh. And after six games, they broke their leg and they never played again. And they talk over here of the fact that they should have, their ambition should have been to score in the World Cup final because they would have had the motivation to keep going. And that's why I don't let others set goals for me because they inhibit me. I want to set the biggest, most ridiculous goals for myself and do the path to get to them. The person who asked about a plan, what is what is the North Star for you? Yep. Right. So that's up here. What does good look like to you? And I often say to people, what does good look like in a year's time for you? Where are you now? Down here. Right. So where's the reality? See the difference? So you've got a ladder then, haven't you, to get from one to the other. What options have I got? And at least come up with three or four sets of options and then fill the ladder in. Yep. And that's your plan. Don't yep. do all this other shit that yep. management consultants tell you and everything, because you're entrepreneurs. People who run farms are entrepreneurs. They, they're not. The, the trouble we've got is that too many of the rules are coming from corporate bodies yeah, like yeah, accountants yeah. and well, accountants and management consultants. And they work in a very structured, ordered and organized way, whereas an entrepreneur goes, I'm here, that, right, this is what we're going to do. And that's it. It's tick. We're on to the next one. And one of the problems we've got is that 99 and a half percent of businesses in the UK and the Isle of Man are small and medium businesses. So would they employ under 250? But 85 percent of businesses and this isn't all the farms in the in Britain, because I know a lot of them are very big, but 85 percent of businesses employ less than 10 people. And they're dealing with cultures of government and outside advisors who are big corporates and they don't speak the same language. So you need to find a language that you get. Yeah. Mark, what do you think? Wow. (laughs) All really, really interesting. Yeah, it is really, really stuff. But that just setting the Northern Star and and having awareness of where you're trying to go to, I think is a real key, key so thing. So can I just tell you another story? Because I was going to tell you this one, boys, and you're probably wondering about it. Okay, so I went into the, the public sector as a chief exec, and I inherited a big venue. If you, anyone knows the Isle of Man, it's called the Villa Marina. For the Isle of Man, it's big. It takes 
1800 people and I'm mad on music and dancing so the stories are all coming together and we had lots of tribute acts and we had local acts but we didn't have any big acts and I did not want to be in charge of a venue for music where we didn't have anybody great playing so I wondered how am I going to find someone and what you know is the Isle of Man is you can't out you can't spend more than other great big venues you can't attract great big names or so everyone told me so I was walking my dog one day and I saw in the distance a guy called Andy Kershaw who used to be on Radio One he was also a road wow. with Billy Bragg for the jam so my favorite band so of course I knew Andy and I asked around my office and said again my little network anyone know why Andy Kershaw was at the Raggett last week and they said yeah he's got a house in Peel he comes for the summer he's, he's in, his wife's inherited her, her auntie's house so I said, Any, anyone know how I can get in touch with him? And one of them said, oh, my wife is a barmaid in the pub. He, deal, he works Get out of town. So I, um, so I said, right, can you give him my name and number and ask him to ring me? So he rang me. And I said, do you mind coming in? And would you be prepared to help me put on someone? And he said, yes. So I'll have to keep this very quick because it's a mega story. So he came in to meet me and the minister because the minister, you know, is is all important in, in, in government. And, and I was only a chief executive. But anyway, the minister loved music. So I said, who could you get us for the TT this year? Now, this is February and the TT is the end of May. Could you get us anyone that would blow people away? And he said, um, I was at a funeral last week with one of my best mates. In fact, it was John Peel's funeral, which impresses oh, me because yeah. I know who that is. So he said, let me ring him now. So he rings this person in the office and he goes, yeah, yeah. What are the dates again? And how much are you thinking you could pay? He thinks it might be better if he does two nights because that'll keep the cost down of getting here. And I'm thinking it's the TT. Every hotel will be full, you know, et cetera. But that's our next worry. Anyway, the person agrees in principle. And we kept going and they came, even though when their manager found out, they tried to like quadruple the price, but they, they couldn't. And we got them a hotel and we got everything. So there was a day in, in May that year, I think it was, yeah, in, in the early 2000s, where I went to the airport in my lime green citron plural to pick up Robert Plant. Oh, get out of it. Oh, well. Bang. And I gave him a lift in my car and I wished it had, had Carol oh. and Robert on the sunscreen. But well, that is that that is an example of and and by the way, what he charged us is probably the lowest fee he's got. By the way, the other thing he wanted to do, we found out about this from Andy, was he's a big fan of the Vikings. So we persuaded the head of the museums in the Isle of Man to share all the really rare, hidden from public view yeah. Viking artifacts. And he came for that. That was as much what he came for as Mm. the fact that Andy asked him was was important but that is my example of how you think differently because yeah. you can't outspend and you can't you can't and, and I've just worked for this small supermarket chain for you know on and off 25 years I've been back three three times and it's you have to behave differently and you have to act differently if you're smaller yeah. or if you're competing with other people because you can't beat them on their playing field. So you have to invent your own yeah. playing field. And uh, Carol, I've just had a WhatsApp mate from a, from a, just had a WhatsApp from a friend in uh, Somerset who wants me to quote his North Star example, uh, that there were a bunch of eclectic uh, farmers and they created um, a cider brand called Spotted Pig. Um, and they their business plan was, in five years time, we want to be sold out to a big brewer. And that, that was the plan. And so every business meeting that they had, because uh, he's, he's told, told me this uh, this story before, they said, is it getting us to the North Star? Yeah, that piece exactly. of equipment, is that, right, if we bring in uh, John, Fred, Dick, Michelle, is yeah. that going to get us to the North? So they just kept on having this North Star mm. um, uh, uh, scenario. And within five and a half years, they sold out to a, a very large um, uh, uh, brewer. And and they achieved it. And so that was their business plan. Totally. In five years time, we want to be sold yeah. out. So yeah. they didn't and have reams and reams and reams. Two tips for people, right? Firstly, um, one of the most watched TED Talks of all time is oh, Finding Your Why by Simon Sinek, which I'm sure you all know, but I would encourage people to have a look at that. I can send you the link, Mark, if you want, if you can share it somehow, because I think that's super, super important. Um, because basically you don't do all this other stuff. The why of these guys was to create a brand that they could sell in five years. Then there's the what are they going to do and the how are they going to do it was totally influenced by what their why yeah. was. Yeah. And that's all you need. Forget the management consultants and all that stuff. <laughs> Get to know exactly. It's the power of purpose. Laura Ryan and, and Meet Business Women. I, I did a, an event in Leeds for them this year 
on the power of purpose. And I wasn't sure how this would play because everything I'd done before had been about leadership and work and whatever. This is about the human. But if you get the humans, and this works for your teams as well, everyone, if you get the humans into the best shape they can be, you don't have to do, you have to do even less. You have to do even less. And you know what you do in that time? You go online and you find leading edge people in your field and you follow them and you see what yeah. they're, or you find out what they're thinking. And you also find people to collaborate with and you set up, I've taught, I said this to um, the people on Amy's podcast, you know, why don't you just find really great other people who are doing what you're doing and get them onto a Zoom call once a month? Call it a growth yeah. group or something. The number one thing is growth. It is growth, personal or business, is a fantastic North Star to have because it well, helps you make, you know, decisive. You said earlier decisive. If you know what you've just demonstrated from that WhatsApp message is if yeah. you have, you know where you're going, yeah. making decisions is easy yeah. because all those wishy-washy shit decisions don't even get on the list. Yep, yep, yep. Rather than, and, and Mark, don't you think that we are, we, we do do have that issue within with our sector that we just do get so myopic and we're just looking yes. at the day-to-day -day rather than yeah. looking at that North Star. Mark, what do you think? Yeah, no, I think that, that's definitely everyone's challenge. They get they get worried about what's going on in the yard rather than, than focusing on, on where they're going and then communicating that with with the, the wider team family, whoever that So that, that may they know be. as well and can support yeah. it. Because, you know, people need purpose. That positive psychology course that I did last year was the final piece of the jigsaw for me of A, why I'd been so successful in my own life, because I've always had strange purposes. You know, I left school with two awful A-levels, went to a poly, decided at 21 that I was going to be a director by 30. You'll be very pleased to hear that I failed because I was only running um, buying for Halfords Worldwide. So that was a failure in my book. <laughs> And then when I was 34, my mum died suddenly um, and I moved back to the Isle of Man to be nearer to my younger sisters. Um, and at 34, I went to meet the people with the supermarket, the entrepreneur, and he said, do you want to be the director of trading? And I said, yeah, why not? So the directorship just came anyway. So you have to just yeah. believe it will happen. But fancy thinking that, you know, a girl like me at 20, at 30 was a failure because I wasn't a director, but it always drove me. And that's yeah. what matters. And purpose, purpose, meaning and belonging for farms are so important because you are isolated often. You are on your yeah. own. You've got to make your own decisions, have a strong purpose, create um, meaning to your work because that flows from the purpose because everything you do supports it and take people with you so that they belong and they understand and they think like you nothing is rocket science but we've got lots of history in our baggage we've also in the work that I do we've forgotten we've forgotten how good we are quite mm. often we've yep. forgotten things we did 20 years ago that work today and we also need the young person on the team to go, hold on a minute. Um, there's one of these for that. Excellent. <laughs> Carrie, you're fantastic. Mark, wrap up for us. We could, yeah, this has been such a really good session, Carol. Thank you very much for dialing in. Pleasure. Um, I, can I just say to... happy Christmas to everyone? And thank you for feeding us all because you never get a day off. The, the farmers fed Britain in the pandemic and Yes, you can keep that mince pie, but thank you so much. And thank you for all the work you're doing at the moment and making time to listen to this when it's your busiest week of the year. Brilliant. Thank you, Carol. But this, we could probably go on for another two hours chatting about this, but just a few points. You always that come I, back. Yeah, no, definitely. It's <laughs> definitely going to be a session <laughs> um, of, 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 of Carol Glover on Talking <laughs> Leaders. But I think little things like understanding yourself and knowing your strengths and then utilizing mm. that within the team and understanding their strengths and if mm. you are, are making changes um try and build build on their strengths rather than on if they're detracting and, and, and challenging i like the real quote that you said love to learn and learn to grow which um, i think we always need to be pushing ourselves out of our comfort zone and, and trying different yeah. things and not necessarily being the being the expert in the room and then the, the final piece we just talked a huge amount i'm a great great believer that understanding my purpose within a role in a job and within my family and wherever that may, may be will help me get towards the, the northern star and the goal that, that, that you're at um fantastic um thank you so much yeah carol my takeaway is curiosity networking connections uh do do you know what good looks like don't do goals 
what is your North Star? So that's the one I'm going to be wandering around in, in a minute, walking my dogs. What is my North Star? I'm going to challenge so many of my clients on that um, uh, in in the new year. Not that we're doing New Year's resolutions, but what is your North Star? Where, where are you going? Yeah, it's that it's that um, Simon Sinek talk. Yeah. 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 Excellent. So, Carol, we've got to know, is it going to be turkey, goose, ham, um, uh, mushroom stroganoff? What, what, what's, uh, what's... I have no idea. I have no idea. <laughs> I'm going to my sisters because my sis- oh, no. second sister is um, a professor of neuroscience in Seattle. She's coming with her daughter, who's a scientist in Edinburgh, and her son. So I don't know. Um, we're going to another sister's, so it'll be whatever she serves up. The word okay. meat has been used. Meat platter has been used. Ooh, and my yeah. husband's like, I eat turkey. Does she not know I eat turkey after all this time? So it's going to be a lovely Christmas day. It's shaping up like that already. Excellent. Okay, well, Mark and I will be... in the cheek. Mark and I will be with you just before the King's speech, if that's okay, because that sounds, sounds, sounds fantastic with all of our families and the dogs. And all of us. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And the mince pie. Wave that mince pie now, Matt. Yes, there's my mince pie that's yeah. that's going to be consumed by Labrador. Not by Labrador, by, by me uh, very, very, very shortly. Carol, you're fantastic. Um, happy Christmas. Happy New Year. Thanks. Mark. Mark, brilliant to have Carol. That's, we've got so much to go out there, haven't we? We've got so, so many notes. Everyone, have a great Christmas New Year. Thank you for supporting HDB um, Agri Leaders, Talking Leaders series um, all, all this year. And we look forward to more in the, in the new year. Bye, Carol. Bye. Thank you, Bye, Carol. Christmas. Happy Christmas all. Nolik Gennel from the Isle of Man. Nolik Gennel. <laughs> and the equivalent from Sussex is? All right, then. All right. <laughs> Bye, Bye. everyone.